0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. It's presented by Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. You know, they're the food truck bringing those frozen custard and steak burgers, those goodies, right to your door wherever you are. It's awesome. And they have 16 Houston area locations with a couple more on the way. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. Okay, let's get to it here as we've got a couple of good guests for you, as always. Andre Ware is going to join us on the back end of this thing talking about, among other things, going to New York for the Heisman Trophy celebration next week, college football stuff, and of course, what's going on with the Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. And speaking of the Broncos, our first guest is Dave Logan, longtime voice of the Denver Broncos, three decades in the booth, and he also coaches high school football. You have to stick around for the questions and comments about coaching kids today and I don't know how Dave does it. I mean, he coaches high school football at a high level in Colorado, and he's the voice of the team. That's pretty cool stuff, I think. And we talked to him about that. In fact, let's get right to it as we start Dave off just with a welcome to Houston because the Broncos are back at NRG Stadium after the Texans went to Mile High last year.
1: Hey, Mark, great to be with you. It's, uh, it's, it's good to be back in Houston for sure. It's uh, I, I wish the circumstances were a little bit different. Obviously, Houston's playing really good football. The Broncos are once again sort of trying to find themselves, but uh, always great to come back.
0: All right, so Dave, tell me what the Broncos are doing well right now this year. I know the record is not at all where you want it to be at 4-8, and eight, but I see a lot of games that have come down to the wire, so there are some good things happening. What are they?
1: Well... I think that you, you look at this team defensively, and you would say they have been a pretty good defense. They certainly have not given up a lot of points. Um, you know, they've been able to stop the run for the most part. You're going to lose Derek Wolfe now with that dislocated elbow for the remaining four games of the season. But uh, and, and I also think that uh, from time to time they've they've had a good rushing attack. Uh, not a consistently good running attack, but they have shown signs in in certain games of being able to run the ball. But it's 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 not been enough. They they've not generated enough points. They're they're third worst in the league in terms of scoring. Uh, and in today's football, you've you've got to be able to score. You've got to be able to at times create dynamic plays on offense. And they just. With the exception of Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay, they just haven't been able to do that on a consistent basis.
0: Well, tell me about Lindsay because here he is having another nice year. What does he bring to the table?
1: I, you know, Mark, I think, and I'm biased in this regard because uh, I went to the University of Colorado and grew up in Denver, same as Philip Lindsay. So I've watched this kid ever since he was probably 9 or 10 years old play football i think pound for pound he may be the toughest player in the league and, you know he's whatever he's listed at he's about 180 but he runs like he's about 215 every time he carries the ball some of the things he does just amazes me and i wonder is this the play that he's not going to be able to get back up from but he's a dynamic player he's got very quick feet uh, as i said exceptionally tough uh, runs with great pad level um, and, and he and Cortland Sutton really are their two main, and maybe even you take out the word main, they're their two threats on offense. They're guys that uh, I think are young, emerging stars in this league. The Broncos just need more of a complementary cast to help those guys out.
0: All right, what about Drew Locke? Start number two coming up this weekend. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I liked him in the first start. I thought, as much as we could tell, I thought he was very composed uh, he's got a big arm, nice, quick release. Uh, it, it didn't look like it was too big for him, which I think the Broncos were somewhat concerned about. I think that was, there was hesitancy uh, to really put him out there and to give him a shot, uh, I, and, and that tells me the club never said it, but that would tell me that, that maybe they didn't think he was mentally quite ready with all the verbiage involved in this particular offensive system. He, him coming from Missouri, and he told me last week that some of his calls were two and three words. And he said that in in, in some of the Bronco terminology, you use five or six words simply to describe the formation. So it's a lot. It, it's been intensive for him in terms of uh, learning that. But I, I liked what I saw. I, I think, you know, I'm not ready to say that he's going to be the quarterback of the future, but I'm not ready to say he won't. I think it was a good starting point for a really talented young guy.
0: Dave Logan, voice of the Broncos, joining us on Texans Radio. What's it like being around Vic Fangio as a head coach? I remember him here as a defensive coordinator in the early days of the Texans.
1: Yeah, I, I really have enjoyed Vic this year. He's a football guy 24-7. He He's an old-school football coach. He he believes in playing good defense. Um, he believes in all the things that I think a lot of coaches believed in, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And that's not to say that he... He can't relate to some of these younger guys. But, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, he, he doesn't have many hobbies. He's a guy that uh, lives and breathes football. Really smart man. Uh, defensively, he's done a nice job. They've had a number of injuries for sure. They signed Bryce Callahan the the offseason. One of their big free agent acquisitions, he hasn't played it down uh, because of a foot injury. They lose, as I said, Derek Wolf. They lost Bradley Chubb early in the season, who I think is one of the best young pass rushers in the game to a torn ACL so he's had a compromised set of uh, of, of defenders but uh, I, I think Vic's done a nice job given the cast that he inherited.
0: Dave I know we've talked about this a little bit before but what the listeners might not know about you is in addition to being the voice of the Broncos you coach high school football in Colorado so tell me where you're at at this stage of the season.
1: Well uh, we we uh, we've made it to the state championship game that comes up on Saturday so uh, we're excited about that. We play a really good team uh, in Columbine. Um, I will miss the Broncos' charter, and there's no way for me to get to Houston other than to catch a flight to Dallas Saturday night late and then to drive. So uh, I'm warning everybody on the highway, whatever highway that would be, that some, sometime late or early mm. Sunday morning – at about 2 or 3 in the morning, there'll be a car cruising down the highway trying to get to Houston to get set to do the game. But it's it's been a great run. It's 27 years as a high school head high school coach, and I've really enjoyed it.
0: Well, you're in the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame, which is very cool, for a variety of reasons. I mean, i got to imagine that was uh, – you had a lot of ground to cover in your acceptance speech with the playing days, the broadcasting, and high school coaching. But tell me, how how is it coaching these kids when you're also – so connected with an NFL team, and the contrast involved, and all that goes into it, Dave.
1: Yeah, it's, you know what, Mark, this is my 30th year broadcasting the Broncos game, so I started a little bit before I became a a head football coach, but what I have found is I tried simply to separate my my two lives, so to speak. I I really don't ever talk about with my kids, uh, my playing days, uh, what happens in terms of calling NFL games, because I, I want you know, I want that interaction to be about them. It's it's their time. My time is, has come and gone as a player, and uh, and certainly, you know, it, it, it does. However, I think because I'm still very close to the game, it enables me to sort of see whether with my eyes in person or on coaches' tape. It enables me to see some of the things that you might be able to transition into some of the uh, ideas that you implement with your high school kids over the years. But it's, it's, it's been a great, great run, and uh, you know what? It's, it's one of the things that I, I think as we start to get a little bit older, uh, involvement with youth and trying to impact young people, especially young boys, I think is really important, and it also, for me, keeps me young.
0: What have you noticed about the way kids have changed over the span of time that you've been coaching? Are there a lot of differences, or are kids kids? How do you look at that side of things?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting question. I think I think kids still want discipline. Uh, to me, kids still want structure, and maybe there's less of that now than there was a quarter of a century ago when I. Started coaching high school football, but uh, I think the two biggest things that that I have sensed that have changed over a long period of time. I mean, social social media obviously um, has impacted a, a lot of people, and we talk all the time. I do as a head coach to my players in terms of listen. You got to be careful what you post because in ten years, when you're done with your your college and you're out there in the real world trying to seek employment, everything you post today. As a 16-year-old is going to come back, and somebody's going to be looking at that, and that's that's hard for high school kids to sort of wrap their their head around, right? And so, and I think parents' involvement is is different. I I, I do think that I've been blessed to have some pretty good parents over 27 years, but you do find uh, the, the parent that thinks his son should be recruited by USC when he was in in eighth or ninth grade. I mean, that that's just sort of the. The world in which we live. I don't like it. I certainly don't like that colleges can offer eight, eight, eighth graders and ninth graders scholarships. Makes absolutely no sense to me in that regard. But you know what, Mark? They never asked me. So that's the rule.
0: <laughs> well, to your point about the uh, permanency of things, when you and I were kids, they said, that's going on your permanent record. And there was no permanent record, really. That's right. But now yeah. there is digitally.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. And, and again, you know when you you think when you and I back in the day 1617 we we did some dumb things but uh, it, it wasn't chronicled uh, mm-hmm. it, you know we we were able to sort of learn from that we either got disciplined by our parents or teachers or administrators you know nowadays when kids do those things unfortunately it's there and it's there forever so I think it's much tougher, honestly, growing up today as a 15 or 16 year old, uh, as compared to what it was 25 years ago.
0: Dave, one more for you: What are people in Denver saying about the Houston Texans heading into this weekend's game?
1: Well, I mean, they they know that Houston. I mean, I think most people here watched uh, the the Patriots Texans game over the weekend, and they know they know that Houston's one of the, I think one of the emerging teams in the AFC. I mean, Deshaun Watson, I, I love his game. Um, he, he's surrounded with, uh, with good receivers. You know, to me as a former wide receiver in the league, uh, I look at Hopkins and his ability to catch the ball, and that's the kind of guy that you think back in terms of, and you call the games, Mark, but he reminds me of an old school guy. Too many, too many times now because the ball's in the air all the time, you know, uh, players don't value catching the ball. When the ball is thrown to you, catch the ball. But DeAndre Hopkins, at least from my point of view, watching him casually, he reminds me of guys that, you know, back in the day when I played in the 80s, if you got four or five balls thrown to you, you know, you basically give up your soul to make a catch because you weren't going to get another pass thrown mm. to you if you didn't. He's that guy. So I have great respect for him and, and love how Deshaun Watson is playing, too.
0: Excellent points. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck getting here. Be safe, and we look forward to seeing you here on Sunday. Great catch up, Mark. There's Dave Logan, voice of the Denver Broncos. Now let's get to my buddy Andre Ware. Of course, we were in the booth together when the Texans beat the Patriots on Sunday for only the second time in franchise history. And, of course, this one is quite bigger than the last one. But what does this mean for the Texans moving forward? Here's Dre.
2: Well, I think it gives them confidence. I mean, when you you win a game like that against one of the, the better franchises in the entire NFL, uh, I think it goes a long way for your confidence and, and so they're they're gonna play with a different swagger, a different uh in a different manner in which they take the field from now to the end of the season. Uh having that big time win under their belt, especially with it being on Sunday night football.
0: Well now they have the Denver Broncos here and I might uh, weave in some Patriots topics into these questions but you mentioned it; they'll play maybe differently. So, what does that look like here? As you play a team that's four and eight coming into the game on Sunday, what do you think?
2: That's where you're at the highest of highs after beating the Patriots, I and mean, then you can't really allow yourself to, uh, to to be a little bit overconfident uh, with a four and eight team coming into your building. It's a four and eight team that's extremely young—a first-year head coach, a rookie quarterback at the helm now, and Drew Locke. So it's easy to you know to kind of get the feeling that this is one we should win and so on and so forth that's when you actually the concentration level of a team uh really has to be at its peak and at its best so uh don't overlook uh the Broncos coming in here because obviously they've proven the last couple of weeks that they uh they can play with just about anyone.
0: Andre, we're joining us. Andre, when you're playing a rookie quarterback, you often say the veteran quarterbacks don't mind being blitzed because they know where it's coming from. They know where to put the football quickly. Right. What about a rookie? Do you want to come after him, bring some extra heat after him?
2: You do if you can hold up on the back end because he's going to find, and that's what he'll be coached up this week is when you see certain blitzes and you, you, uh, you've got to identify where the blitz is coming from try to protect yourself, but then find the matchup that you feel like favors you on that particular play. And all you're looking for is to hit one of them. And so you can't allow explosive plays. And I think that'll be one of the keys to the game for the Texans defensively is to not allow uh, explosives over the top. That's 25 yards or more, and certainly you can't allow big, big-time big deep scores uh, in the passing game. Otherwise, you, uh, you give a rookie quarterback – Uh, confidence and that's why he's in the NFL as well he's got some talent he's got some arm strength Uh, you can't make it easy for him by allowing him to just drop back three quick steps and let the ball fly and have a completion happen on the other end of it
0: Andre without Titus Howard at right tackle do you think the Texans are going to settle on Chris Clark or Rod Johnson or continue to sort of rotate them as they look for the right mix up front how do you think they handle that moving forward
2: Well, it looks like it's going to be a rotation until one guy really steps up and and actually takes the job. That's how it was uh, last week. That's how it was in a a prior game when Titus was out. So uh, until somebody just steps up and claims the job, I think it'll be on a rotational basis.
0: All right, Andre, around the league here, the Tennessee Titans are a big problem all of a sudden, and they knocked off the Colts in Indy. That was a good win for them. Now they have the Raiders out on the West Coast, and the Raiders – have back to-back lopsided losses now one of them is to the chiefs what do you think of the Titans at Oakland this weekend
2: yeah I fully expect uh, the Titans to go in there and, and win that football game they're playing with uh, some swagger now they they're they're feeling pretty good about themselves and we both agree that it was consistency at the quarterback position that was really missing uh, from that roster canning Hill's got a few a, a couple of starts a number of starts under his belt now, and he is playing with tremendous confidence. I think the team is responding in a manner in which the Texans are uh, defensively. Tennessee's defense is responding the same way because they know that they're going to get rested when they come off the field. Uh, They're being rewarded for their turnovers, and they're turning them in to scores. Uh, That's a game I think Tennessee goes in and beats the Raiders.
0: Andre, give me your thoughts on the Chiefs and the Patriots playing in Foxborough. Brady and company didn't look so hot when they were here offensively until the end of the game, of course, but they're back at home now, but the Chiefs have started to get it revved up on offense again. What do you think?
2: Yeah, that's going to be a tough game for New England uh, when, you, when you sit and look at how they played and how they looked for you know, basically three quarters uh, and then you've got a hot team coming in that uh, can really cause some problems. The thing about it is uh, and we and I mentioned it during the game. We talked about it during the game that when you play them in a box, which is just, you know, running into their seven and eight man fronts, that's how they want to play. They got big linebackers and high tower and, and the rest of that core. What they don't want to play is in space with those big linebackers. And they try to keep base personnel on the field at all times, bring exotic glitches from that base personnel. Kansas City's got, some electricity and fast players that can take certainly take advantage of it. Uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, out in space against linebackers. The Williams kid at running back certainly can make some plays out in space against linebackers. So uh, that, that's going to be a tough, tough matchup for uh, New England defensively against Kansas City. And they can strike quickly. And so uh, with one of the better young quarterbacks, in the entire NFL and Pat Mahomes, that, that's going to be a tough, tough tour. I actually look for New England to drop its second game in a row.
0: The Ravens taking on the Bills, and Buffalo did a good job at Dallas. They've got a really good defense. And the Ravens, look, San Francisco did a nice job on them. I know weather had a lot to do with that, but what do you think is this game is going to be played in Buffalo?
2: Yeah, you know what's impressive, and not until you gave me the opponent for – uh, Baltimore this, this week that I really even quickly think about it. They've got to have one of the toughest schedules uh, in the entire league. If you just go back and look at who they're playing, when they're facing them, uh, the road schedule, and then here you you, uh, you have B- Buffalo up next after uh, you played the Texans, you've played uh, New England prior weeks before that. You Kansas City. A game against the 49ers, uh, and now up here comes Buffalo, who is a good team right now kind of controlling their own destiny in terms of a wild card race or in the wild card race it's a tough schedule but i expect baltimore to win that football game but it's still going to be a hard fought game for them to win after just going through what they did against san francisco
0: all right college football note here oklahoma and baylor the rematch this weekend what do you think
2: neutral feel uh if Baylor seemed to have their number until the fourth quarter, and then they gave up, what was it, a 25-point lead, 25 unanswered points, were scored. If they just score anything, they win the game. Uh, it may be a little bit different. Uh, I just don't know that Oklahoma is playing their best football right now. It seemed, they seem to have hit a, a stumbling block along the way in the latter part of the year. I don't know if that's just you know, injuries or what you may call it, but this one, I'm going to favor the Bears in it. They, they kind of have the recipe. They know what they need to change. I don't know that Oklahoma changes a whole lot. They say they are. And what I've read, that it's an entirely different game and they'll take a different approach to it. But Baylor uh, Baylor seems to have the right ingredients to pull off an upset. So I'm going to go with the Bears.
0: LSU and, o- and Ohio State, are they the two best teams in the country, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think there's no doubt. And I think that's the game that we're going to get a chance to watch. Uh, watch the two teams play for the national championship. Uh, they, they are both, they got a lot of firepower on offense and they both have dynamic playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. It, it is, they're clearly head and heels above, uh, the rest of the field, in my opinion. But don't sleep on Clemson. Dabo will have his team ready and, and they'll play hard. But I just don't think that, uh, they're on the level this year with that, uh, with those two in Ohio State and LSU.
0: So, you're going up to New York next weekend for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, 30th anniversary after you won it in 1989. What's that going to be like for you?
2: I mean, uh, just, just going back every year is special and getting a chance to visit with, with the guys there and, and, uh, and just, you know, the, 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 uh, the brotherhood that we have. The ceremony is always great because there's, you know, this build up to the announcement of who's going to actually win. And, and you really, nobody knows until it's actually read. Um, that night so it's always a special evening New York is always special so uh, that'll be a good time
0: all right Trey well thanks a lot for the time and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday against Denver here at NRG Stadium
2: All right, buddy. We'll see
0: you there. There's my friend Andre Ware and Dave Logan, the voice of the Broncos before that. And that's going to do it for our podcast today. Hey, check out all the other podcasts regarding your Texans wherever you got this one or wherever fine podcasts are available. Broncos and Houston Sunday at noon, Battle Red Day at NRG Stadium. Check us out on Sports Radio 610 or the Bull 100.3 FM or the Texans app. And have a great day, everyone. Go Texans.